You are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sembrano. Host of Locked On Rays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can subscribe to Locked On Rays on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and online at fanstreamsports.com. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play Locked On Rays. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Rays as well. And check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Rays Unfiltered for more Rays baseball content. Uh, Ulysses, we are continuing rolling through our 2020 Rays player reviews. We have reached kind of... I don't know, maybe the midway point. Where's K and L in the alphabet? I guess it's kind of right around there. So moving right along, we, we got to move along because some of these guys might not even be on the team well, weeks or, or months from now. So I'm glad Kevin, we're getting we Kevin Kiermeyer in today. Yeah, let's yeah, let's uh, let's let's start making five players uh, an episode because uh, these guys are, you know, are they going to be raised? Uh, we, we don't know, but uh, hopefully Kevin Kiermaier and, and Brandon Lau will be raised at least for today's episode, you know, give, give yes. us that much. For today, although the, the Rays seem to make trades at the worst possible time, like uh, on midnight. This will be released 30 seconds yes. uh, earlier than the news breakout. Oh, massive trade with the Mets for Kevin Kiermaier. Oh. Peek oh. behind the curtain. That's what happened with Charlie Morton because we had just recorded <laughs> a uh, a player review segment, and then of course the news broke out with uh, with Charlie Morton signing with the Atlanta Braves. There. Uh, okay, so speaking of Kevin Kiermaier, we'll be reviewing him, and of course uh, Brandon Lau as well, which I can't believe has been uh, mentioned or thrown out in some trade talks and scuttlebutt and things of that nature as well. Uh, but before we get to that, Kevin Kiermeyer, the Indiana bump, as I like to say, uh, 30 years old, 222 days. Uh, looking at his 2020 regular season, he had a 1.6 war, according to baseball reference, a 1.3 war, according to fan graphs, in 49 games played and 159 plate appearances kk posted a slash line of 217 321 362 good enough for a 683 ops three homers five doubles three triples 22 rbi 16 runs and eight stolen bases he had a 91 ops plus and a 93 wrc plus his walk rate more than doubled to 12.6%. But then again, his strikeout rate also increased about 5% from 21.7 to 26.4 compared to the prior year. I should also yeah. note that uh, in the regular season, he pulled more balls on the year and hit fewer balls oppo and straight away. But on a percentage basis, significantly more line drives. So that's a good sign that uh, instead of ground outs or, or pop outs, more line drives than usual. And also, I should note this, uh, his postseason 
because we are taking uh, postseason numbers into account, grain of salt. We are measuring it into the equation of our player review grades. He actually had a really, really good postseason numbers wise. Yes, I mean, yes, uh, 790 OPS, three home runs in uh, in 55 at bats and 18 games played. I mean, he was. I, I mean, after Randy Rosarena, he was probably next in line as one of the most productive <laughs> yeah. uh, offensive forces on the team, not to mention what he did defensively, especially in the ALCS. And I'm not going to dive into all the defensive metrics and everything like that. We know that he got snubbed on the uh, finalist uh, voting or what, however you want to call that, the, the measurements for the Gold Glove finalist, but... Uh, all the the metrics basically rated him pretty superb defensively at center field. And we started to see, we know he was kind of shaky a little bit to say the least early on as he was finding his footing for the 2020 season, like a lot of players. But as the, the regular season came to a close and the postseason started ramping up, we started to see some of those home run robberies and those diving plays and those making routine plays look routine at the warning track and better footwork and, and routes and things like that. Also, I think one thing that gets really underlooked by uh, about KK's defensive ability is his arm and his ability to throw out runners, especially going from second to home. I mean, those one hops perfect to the catcher to make a tag and go from there. I think that's something that doesn't get uh, spoken enough about what he does defensively. But having said that, that is kind of a, a roundup of Kevin Kiermeyer. Of course, we have the big questions of uh, his contract and uh, how he has a pretty big figure tied to that uh, through 2022 and a team option 2023. And if he'll be on the team uh, in 2021 for the race. A very rounded uh, summary there, Kev. I want to touch on a couple of things. Number one, the pull centric. Uh, mm-hmm. Kevin Kiermaier. We. This is why the eye test can only be as good as your eyesight. Uh, yeah. We we both wear glasses. Most people don't have perfect vision, especially as you get older. So that eye test needs to be backed up with some data. I said in the in in the regular season. Yeah, I'll concede, Kevin. I think you're right. He's going oppo more than in the past. Right. And look at that. He didn't. He was going still more pull. That's a nice little addition. You said the line drives that you like. So I'll t- I'll take that. Maybe that um, re up batting stance that he was talking about throughout the off season. Maybe that's what gave him uh, uh, more line drives. Right. Another thing that I want to talk about is the defense. Yes, he was snubbed, uh, ranking number one on so many defensive uh, analytical categories uh and and not being a nominee is straight up being snubbed right yes he was snubbed and the arm i think when people say ah you know what i'm 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 sick of kk and and his bad just trade him away it's not only the catches that he dives for in front of him it's not the ones that he dives to the side the home run grabbing ones the double Mm -hmm grabbing ones that at the track that he that he can get to it's also the the bounces in front of him and the throws home the throws to third or even second base to get that guy but something even more about that arm is that it's feared 
Some yes. people, they say, you know what? I'm going. But some don't take that extra base because they know KK's arm is dangerous. So that's something that race fans, um, I, I think, sometimes forget. And I know I'm, 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 I'm the first guilty one to, to be on that line, but his arm is impressive. Yeah. The last thing, Kevo, yes, he did have, have a fantastic World Series and postseason overall. And I think that only helps his case to be on this team next year. However, we all know the situation with the pandemic and the no attendance. And already the, the, the payroll is small enough as it is. It would be incredibly surprising that the Rays choose to keep Kevin Kiermaier. I mean, I, I think I would be happy if he returns. Right. I would be surprised if he, if he were to return there. I don't know are, how you feel about that. That, that is the question. There are 11 and a half million reasons why he may not be on the team come opening day, 2021 right now. Let, let's put a prop bet down. Is he going to be on the roster in 2021? Yes before, or no? before I answer that, I want you to answer this question. Would you be happy to see Kevin Kiermaier in a raised uniform opening day? Would you be happy just as a fan? Like, oh, yeah, Kevin Kiermaier is right. a starting center fielder. Or would you be like, again, KK, this old 31-year-old? What, what would it be? No, of course. I, I think, I mean, it's it's not my money that I'm, you know, spending on hey, Kevin Hey, let's Kiermaier. spend I it think, anyway. Let's spend look, it. Let's have fun. The, the Rays have already gotten rid of uh, their their veteran-savvy leader, on the pitching side in Charlie Morton. So you wonder how the clubhouse would be impacted or affected by trading your other, your, your, your position player counterpart of right. Charlie Morton in Kevin Kiermeyer and what he does defense. We know, look, we have to acknowledge that he's, he's an under, he's a 690 OPS guy and he's going to get you 230. but he's also going to do a lot of things that, uh, with his his legs, his leadership, and the glove Kevin, that uh, I, that make up for that. I know it's 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 politics season, but I don't need a politician answer. Would right. you be happy seeing Kevin Kiermaier <laughs> in an opening day lineup for the Rays? Would you? Sure. Be happy? Yes, of course. I'd okay. I'd I'd love to see him on the team. I mean, it he, he's he's more valuable on the team than not on the team at all. I agree. I would say. I agree. Um, I agree 100%. So having said that, do you think he's going to be on the team? Prop bet, opening day, 2021. See, uh, I, I, I kind of want him to be. So then that's why I want to say yes. Yeah. But the way that, I mean, they just whiffed on Charlie Morton <laughs> like it was nothing. They just said, nope, not right. paying you. It kind of makes it uh, scary for Blake, Kevin. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I think I'm going to say no. I, I don't think they're going to keep him. I think they're going to slash prices down mm-hmm. and it's going to hurt that dugout, man, that clubhouse. I think it, yeah. it will. I agree with you. I'm also going to say no. And you should brace yourself, Rays fans, because this could be, let's be honest, it could be a glorified salary dump. It could be whatever. Hey, well, <laughs> I don't want to say player to be named later, but right. we're trying to, we're just getting this off of our books so we can, all right, let's, even though we're going to take a hit, let's slide Margot in there. Let, let's see if right. Josh Lowe is ready. 
Uh, you know Randy how people Arena, have Randy Rosarina play some some center field. Like they're, they're they've already got six other outfielders on the roster. That doesn't include Brandon Lau, Joey Wendell, or Mike Brasso at the corner outfield spot. So I think they're looking at it from. I think it brass tax. It's going to ultimately come down to money. He might be worth you know to another team twenty twenty two million dollars, but to the Rays, I, that that might as Probably well be eight million seven million. Yeah. More like it yeah. than eleven million, yeah. So, but the other thing too, I've, I've, I've I'm going to say no, but it, it's so hard because I look at the center field market and free agency, and you wonder is it going to be the team that loses out on the George Springer sweepstakes? If Toronto loses out, do they maybe try to improve? We know how <laughs> bad defensively that outfield is. Like right, Teoscar Hernandez chasing down fly balls and such i i know you don't want to trade in division but that'd be a team that like to get stronger up the middle sure, for sure. so but there's also jackie they, bradley available too and the royals just signed michael taylor who's who's got some interesting tools they're like right, we're gonna take a, a cheap flyer on a guy that that's got some some upside and some athleticism and maybe that's what other teams are doing as well so it, it's really tough to gauge it from there and i think kevin pilar's out there as well of, of course he's He's kind of a step down, but I mean, Bradley Jr. and Pilar coming off really good I mean, years this year. Give too. me, give me Kevin Kiermaier for all those three guys. Yeah. I mean, I'll I'll take Cake over those three any day of the week, any day of the week. Um, and uh, you know, there it, it'll always suck that Longo never won a uh, World Series with, with the Rays. And the next guy, I'm sorry, that has to be KK now, the seniority yeah. on the team, and and he's from the old guard at least for a little bit. And um, it would it would really suck not not having him sentimentally um, on the team. I think the the front office is ready to say, okay, well, yeah. how much combined runs created and 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 production and and defensive ability can we make if we platoon strictly Margot and Phillips and put them in a situation to succeed against right. these righties, Phillips against these lefties, Margot probably Margot having the the occasional righty as well and that's maybe how they go with it yeah and i think they're gonna say well do we pay Margot two three million dollars whatever it is in arbitration or do we pay kevin kiermeyer eleven and a half million dollars for basically marginally it's it's not worth that extra seven eight million dollars to play uh to pay kevin kiermeyer and um the rays they don't do well with uh sentimentality they do not nope. care about the name they on don't. the back of the jersey we have learned that time and time yes. and time again and that is something that we have to grasp and realize and understand that uh they're just not going to deal with that they're just not going to deal with that at all okay so having said all of that i guess it's time to give kiermeyer his his final grade of 2020 you've got a red pen I, i've got a black pen actually uh, maybe blue, black <laughs> okay. and blue. I I'm gonna write it in red and bright red. So he puts it uh, puts this on on the fridge. Postseason. I mean, you have a a, a, a hand that gets demolished mm-hmm. in the in the middle of the ALCS, and and uh, you still put up uh, th- those numbers in the in, in the World Series. You were clutch. Yeah, it was clutch, man. Uh, you 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 just don't put that uh, uh, up against anything else. I'm going to give him a B plus. I'm going to give him an 88. Okay. You know what? I was looking at a B, but you've convinced me because I totally disregarded the, the hand injury and playing 
through the toughness and the clutch factor as well. I mean, when we've seen others that uh, kind of spoil a little bit you know, on, on the biggest stage there. So mm-hmm. I like that point from you. I, what's uh, is, I'll, is 87 still B plus? I'm not sure. Yeah. I, I got to look at my grade, uh, grade line here. Yeah. I'll give him an 87. Is B plus. It's yeah. the lowest B plus 87. There we go. I'll give him the lowest B plus just based on, you know, the regular season number, but again, the regular season numbers, that's about what you get from yeah. KK. So it, it, I give him a B and then I guess the bump up from the postseason gives him yes. that B plus. I think that's very fair. Also, uh, he didn't have a stint on the IL, did he? No, he didn't. Wow. He played 49 games. Look at that. Amazing. 60. You kept him fresh. Kevin cash, Kevin De Niro moment. Yeah. Before, uh, before the year, before the pandemic, if we said KK would only play 49 games, we'd be like, <laughs> Oh my gosh, the injury bug hitting yeah. KK once again. That's another factor that I'm sure the Rays are taking into account as he will, you know, by the time the season starts, he'll be 31 years old and we know he stays in great shape and everything like that. But uh, that's 82% of the games. That's 82% yes. of the games he posted in. Come on. 82% of, old, uh, of 60 games. 162. Can, can he play 140? Can he play 140 <laughs> out of 162? That's Let's a give him question. the chance. Let's give him the chance. Uh, but Let's again, let the, Rays the Mets don't, give him the chance. <laughs> yeah, the Rays don't give people the chance to see that decrease. They nip it in the bud before the decrease happens. Well, at the very least, we can say that uh, if KK isn't on the team in 2021, he at least went out on a high note, really about yes. the highest of note you could. Game right. six of the World Series and the yeah. numbers he put up there, too. So farewell, KK. Hopefully not, but probably. We'll, yeah. that'll, uh, that'll be something to watch as the offseason continues to brew. All right, coming up next, we'll review the play of one Brandon Lau. Okay, Kevin, now to the unquestionable MVP of the regular season uh, who came crashing real hard back to earth in such a way that it it honestly hurt watching. That is one Brandon Lau. Uh, His regular season for Bam Bam reads a 269 average, 362 on base, 554 slugging with a very healthy 916 OPS in 56 games. He had 14 bombs. He was a 2.3 war player, very close to what he produced in 82 games back in 2019. So fair to say that he got better in less time. He was Mm -hmm. incredibly good during the regular season. The walk rate, it increased from 2019 from 7.6 to 11.2. Real nice jump. The strikeout rate, it decreased uh, from 2019. It was at 34.6%, and this year was a 25.9. So that was a nice little uh, step back. The exit velocity also decreased, which was kind of uh, odd to see 91.6 to 89.8. And the weighted runs created plus WRC plus, it increased from 125 to 150. So all of this to say is he got better. Yeah. He got better, uh, better eye at the plate, better plate discipline, uh, not chasing so much uh, at the pitches that he, he really doesn't have any business 
uh, you know, touching. However, then came the postseason, the god awful post. <laughs> uh, look, in the month of October, now let's, this, these are dirty numbers. So if you can't listen to these dirty numbers, please skip the next 60 seconds. His slash line was a putrid. 103, 176, 279. That's in the month of October. During those 18 games in October, he struck out in 16 of those 18 games. And of those 16 games that he struck out, he struck out more than half, two or more times. It was a strikeout machine for Brandon Lau. And let me repeat that, folks. In plain English, Brandon Lau had a 36% strikeout rate in the postseason. Unreal. Just one out of every, more than one out of every three. Just untenable. Um, was it mental? Who knows? Uh, going through some emotional thing, maybe going through some uh, pain that he didn't uh, couldn't describe to, to the PT people, mm-hmm. to... Uh, the, the training staff, uh, we don't know. Only Brandon Lau knows that, and probably his wife. Yeah. Uh, but what we all learned during this postseason is that Kevin Cash trusts Brandon Lau more than he trusts Blake Snell. Um, <laughs> he wrote Brandon Lau until the end. Uh, in, in fact, fairness to Brandon Lau here, in the two games where he did do damage against LA, the Rays won both. Those games. were two big games. Yeah. Big games. So I think in summation, his postseason was so awful. Uh, it, it just, just, just in, incredibly, uh, just such a non productive 20 games for him that it really took the, 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 the breath and the outstandingness of those 50 something games that he played uh, in the regular season. And it's a shame because what he did carrying this team offensively was just such an amazing thing to watch. I think he was for 30 days. He was just the best player in baseball. There was just no question uh, about it. But the postseason, you got to take points off for the postseason. That's not the way that the MVP should, should, should post in the post. There right. you go. Yeah, if you took the name off of those stats, you would say that was either a pitcher or that was Mike Zanino yeah. that put up those That's numbers. It. That's basically That's what happened with some power. Because Brandon Lau, when he actually did make contact to ball, he hit it hard and hit it a long way for the most part. And that's going to be something going forward with Brandon Lau is how he moves on from that disastrous postseason. Does he get it out of his mind? Is he able to bounce back? Does it carry over into future postseasons where sometimes you get a label and it's hard to shake that label. It's hard Mm -hmm. to ignore the media attention and the scrutiny when Mark Topkins breathing down your neck and say, Hey, why do you struggle in the postseason? What's going on? What's the difference between the regular season and the postseason where where you're struggling so much. And that is something that he's going to have to grow and adapt to moving on forward. I think, of course, some of it is the fact that, um, you know, the Dodgers are, are a different animal than, than uh, the Orioles or, or the Red Sox. So just facing tougher pitching in general. I also think that 
know, maybe he was trying to do too much. Maybe he was trying to, to be the, the, the counterpart to Randy Rosarina and like, well, I was the guy in the regular season. I've got to also be the guy in the postseason. And Fangraphs did a really good write-up on how he just chased so many more junk pitches out of the zone, particularly yes. with two strikes in the postseason compared with the regular season. And I don't care who you are. Uh, even G.J. LeMahieu, some of those pitches that you swing at, it is impossible. You're not going to make contact with those um, unless you're well, maybe Vlad Guerrero. That might be the only guy where he's, but, he's, he's, he's swinging at things he has no business swinging at, really. But, but the thing is, it wasn't just the, 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 the swing and the, the flailing whiffs at stuff you don't have any business to, to even offer at. It's also the takes that he uh, down the middle. Yeah. I mean, he was completely fooled. They they threw him a, a garbage ball three feet at, outside the dish, swung at it. Then they throw him a 92-mile uh, meatball down Main Street, and he just mm -hmm. stares it down. Buckles him, yeah. actually. So what was it? I don't know. But I think you have to highlight it right now just as a foreboding caution. Yeah. Like warning, you know. Um there are two core players, quote-unquote, that worry me for the postseason. One is Brandon Lau. The other one is Austin Meadows. For right. those that are going to yell at your car at me, okay, fine. But all I'm saying is 95 and 74. 95 at-bats in the postseason for Brandon Lau, 74 for Austin Meadows. Their slash lines look identical. Right. 135, 190, 243 to 137, 196, 305. Mm -hmm. If these are your core players and they're going to be behaving like this in the postseason, yeah. as one very intelligent man would say, no bueno. Yeah. And the other thing, too, is you can't expect Randy Rosarena to repeat what he did this past postseason, And if Kevin Kiermaier is not on the roster, who else is going to be clutch for you? Who, who else is going to be that savvy veteran type that steps up and, and takes hold of the charge there when it comes to the postseason? Now, a little bit in Lau's defense. Again, this doesn't help the average much. It might, it, it might have improved it by, I don't know, 20 ticks. It'd still be well under the Mendoza line, but um, he had some hard hit balls that were just snagged by Mookie Betts and Cody Bellinger. There, there were a couple there that look great defensive players um, on the, the opposite side of the spectrum there for, for Los Angeles. But yeah, for the most part, not very good uh, with the postseason. But again, we have to take everything into account, regular season and, and postseason aside. And one thing I will, we didn't really highlight this, but uh and, and I know he doesn't get necessarily great metrics defensively, but one thing that really did impress me uh, in the postseason and the regular season is when he was shifted and he would basically force to play shortstop at times. I thought he did well um, yeah. in being able to snag some balls, hard hit balls. And, um, you know, I, I know it's, it's not sexy or anything like that, but even something as simple as laying down a tag, turning a double play, like those things that you need to be able to do consistently, regularly throughout a 162-game season, including spring training and postseason, things like that. I think he's just a smart ball player, and we've talked about how good of a base runner he is. I mean, the collective 
game that he has is really impressive. Um, just one thing I'd really like to see besides him improving in the postseason going forward, um, because 2019 wasn't too hot either. I know it was a much smaller sample size, but it was like, where's Brandon Lau in this yep. postseason against uh, the Houston Astros? But let's see Brandon Lau play 145, 150 games. I want to see a full season from Brandon Lau. I want to see, can he put it together yes. for an entire season? Can he hit 30 bombs? Can he hit 30 doubles? Can he bat 275 for the entire course? Um, we've seen it. We saw it in, in 2019. We saw an 80-game sample size. 2020, we saw it in the 60-game the sample size. Let's see if he put those two together in a full season, one calendar year, six months. Can he do it? That, that's what I really want to see going forward with Brandon Lau before we get into um, all the postseason stuff and everything like that as well. Sure. Because we know his injury history and everything like that too. Can he stay healthy for an entire season and be productive for an entire season? Sure. I think that's the, the next step. The problem with that is that you really do have the sample size of 80 games back-to-back. Yeah. Uh, last season, he had 80 games, games, and this season, he had 80 games. So – he uh, last year he was at 2.6 this uh war this year with 2.3 so i right. mean you got basically the similar uh, output in the same amount of games maybe different brighter lights all right. that aside whatever the competition I, the schedule. I guess my my yeah my thing is how because in the second half and you're seeing more teams and, and pitchers multiple times through how they adjust to him how yeah. he adjusts to them the fatigue factor, all of that being taken into account, being able to stay healthy. Like it's one thing just to put together, okay, 80 game seasons for two, three, four consecutive years. But how are you, how do you play in August? How do you play in September right. when you've already played a hundred, 115, 120 games? That's where I'm getting at with Brandon Lau. Like well, we've seen it and we, we hope that he can combine his 2019 and 2020 regular seasons put that all together in one season in 2021. And then that'd be great. There we go. We have a, a viable MVP candidate. That, I think that would be fantastic. Now, the only thing I, I guess is what do you take from his game? Is it bettering the defense? Is it bettering that strikeout rate? Is it bettering the walk rate? Is it maybe not being so pull heavy and trying yeah. to go a little bit opposite field uh, at times. You know, you, you mentioned he was a smart player when he was really struggling and uh, he had a few shots to go to the left side, just bunt right. it. And he tried it a couple of times, one of them successfully, and it was going to be a pop-up fly ball, but it actually ended up being a, a, a hit for him because of the, of the massive shift. So you're saying he's a smart player? Well, hopefully he learns from this very, very trying uh, and difficult postseason for him because it really was. And you could, and body language tells you a yeah. lot, Kev, and, and Brandon's, not that he's always with a big smile after, like Perry knows. Yeah. Um, Brandon Lau does not have a big smile when he's playing and he's having a, a, a blast. But, I mean, you could tell that he wanted to just bash somebody yeah. with the bat when he was struggling. That's just the realness. Yeah, you're completely 100% right on that, Mark. Man, Perry has a lot of strong opinions on Brandon Lau. Just give him a grade already. Oh, my goodness. What is going on here? I guess we should move on to a grade. Perry's like, feed me dinner already. Let's wrap this thing up. Yeah. Uh, let's give a grade for, uh, for Mr. Lau here. 
you guys are rambling. It's what Perry's saying. Uh, look, I had him pegged at a 95. You're the MVP of the team during the regular season. 95. That postseason. Oof. That's like you did really good in the multiple choice part of the exam and you kind of botched the essay. Yeah. Perry knows. Uh, that dropped him for me heavily. I'm going to give him an 84. A B. Wow. So he just totally flung to the essay. He just didn't write anything down, basically. Look he at, I mean, blank, didn't put 36% his name on the strikeout rate. I mean, he didn't, he didn't write his name on the paper. He, yeah. They told him cursive. He just chose to you know, disregard that completely. Uh, I mean, I, 103, okay. 176, 279 slash line in in, in, in in the month of October. Just, you okay. can't do that from the MVP. I'm going to be a little bit more kind to him. I'm going to give him an A minus. Uh, it was basically wow. an A plus before the postseason. Um, again, I take a lot of weight into the regular season. And I also trying to find some lining here is the fact that without Brandon Lau, um, the Rays don't win game two or game four of the world series. Do they? I mean, they're, he was key in those games. So something has to be said about that as well. So, uh, maybe if he's on straight 90 straight 90, it was, yeah. Maybe if he's on game one and game three and game five and game six, maybe the Rays win it. I mean, like, I mean, we can also play that game. I understand where you're coming from. It's kind of like uh, me giving Nick Anderson an A minus. I, th- I think I said 90 and you were like, what? You're giving Nick Anderson 90? I was like, yeah. you know, the postseason just, just it, it took a beating on the test. Yeah. I can't give, uh, I can't give Kevin Kiermaier a higher grade than, than Brandon Lau. That, that's kind of how I look at it. That's fair. That's one of the you know what? I'll say there. I'm not going to give him an 84. I'm going to give him a nice rounded 85. Baseball likes rounded numbers. There we I'm going to give him an 85. He can still put that on the fridge. 85 bounces up to 90. There we go. A minus. Nope. Wham, bam. <laughs> no, Thank you, man. No, this, is, no this is what happens. You gave him a 90. I gave him an 85. Boom. He can put a B plus, an 87 on the fridge. Fair enough. Fair From enough. From Locked On I Ranks. Like there you go. There. Very good. Uh, all right. Reminder, be sure you check out our brand new Patreon page, patreon.com slash unfiltered. That wraps up this edition of Locked on Rays. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked on MLB. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe and we'll talk to you tomorrow.